0: Rolling out now for an epic night Dressed to the nines, all stars in sight But to their fright, they can't get inside And on the guest list, well, check it twice Can't get in, revs anger ignited MK's hard stop, can't revive it Boucher saying, hey, let's not get excited Dayo back, how are we not invited? How are we
1: not, how are we not invited?
0: Hello, everyone! Hi, guys! Welcome to episode nine of How Are We Not Invited? We missed you. Did you miss us?
2: I bet they did.
0: You probably <laughs> did. We are sorry for the delay, and we thank you for your patience and waiting for episode nine. We've been completely crazed
2: yes. with school and work. Oh my god! It's gosh. a good thing. Being so busy, busy but not complain. Yeah. I like it better. I like being busy better than not being busy. Absolutely. And I thrive in that.
0: Totally. And I feel very, very, very lucky to be working during this craziness. Yeah. I So I cannot complain about that either. Although, you know, things get busier and busier as the weeks go by.
2: It really does. It really does. Like I thought that my second year of my MBA was going to be Easier than the first, and I was told that it was going to be easier than the first, and it is oh, not.
0: I would never and guess significantly that.
2: Significantly bigger, or busier, it, I should say. Bigger and busier. Bigger and busier. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. It's well. So wild. Yeah,
2: but anyway, we're
0: here. We're not dead. We're alive. We're thriving. We're well. Yeah and we are, we are doing
2: it. podcasting on a Friday night <laughs>
0: exactly I'm uh, currently drinking in Oktoberfest
2: yeah I, this is a new thing for us typically we've been doing the podcasts during the day now right. we're kind we're doing of doing on. them at night well, the interview we have today was recorded at night mm-hmm. um, and we were drinking then and yep. now we are drinking tonight This might be a pattern based on how busy we are. I don't know.
0: Yeah, and we also need your feedback. Do you like us better when we're drinking, or do you like us better on a Saturday morning
2: (laughs) over coffee?
0: So please let us know.
2: (laughs) That's a good question. You can be our happy hour buddies, and you can also be our coffee chat buddies. Exactly, exactly. So, Rebecca, What? what have you been up to?
0: Well... It was uh, my birthday last week. Ooh,
2: <laughs> I know. Happy birthday to ya. <laughs>
0: <laughs> another, another trip around the sun for me. And it was really nice. You know, it's as you get older, since I'm well into my 30s now, they get less exciting. And I kind of dread adding a year to my life. But at the same time, I like it because, you know, every year is... Seemingly more special as far as just maturing and growing and learning and all that stuff. That's but nice. I do have to say that I did something funny for my birthday this year. I treated myself at the dermatologist.
2: Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <tell me> more.
0: <laughs> something I've been wanting to do for a long time. A laser hair removal package.
2: Ah, that's which, amazing.
0: Uh and rosacea treatment because I have a bit of rosacea on my face and because of my well the nurse at the dermatologist said she doesn't say you're getting old she says you're maturing Mm. so because I am maturing I am also (laughs) getting these little spider veins very faint but on Mm. uh right by my lips like going up into my cheeks
2: is that from rosacea it is too? from rosacea
0: okay. too she said it's like rosacea brings them out but they always come when you start maturing
2: Ah, okay. so um
0: huh. I'm getting they they can zap those with a laser as well
2: I want that I I am very pink like to anyone who's seen me like Without makeup on, I get very pink, which Mm -hmm. actually is fairly comical considering some of the pictures that we posted on our Instagram lately where I'm like white, collectively white, (laughs) yes, to combat the pink. And I don't, I don't do that anymore. I lean into my pink now, but like, (laughs) um, I, I totally want, like, we, I want to go to like a fancy dermatologist, like, you know, Mm -hmm. like you go to the dermatologist and you get your like, skin checked for, for weird moles at the end right. of the summer. That's like super important. Sunscreen, wear your sunscreen. Yes. But also like I went a couple years ago when I had the really good insurance, I went to a fancy dermatologist mm. in New York, New York and they had like the, you know, cucumber water in the, in the waiting yes. room and like, I don't know like a very beautiful chandelier and stuff and like very sleek lines and like I want that dermatologist to just like wipe my face clean like a
0: Yeah. I I agree. <laughs> uh, my dermatologist isn't quite that fancy, but they do offer all of those services and they offer Botox and you know chemical peels and the whole nine. And it's funny because I was so much more tolerant of like my face and the things on my face in my 20s but you know as you get older i know all the ladies that are listening (laughs) i know you have
2: those fellas
0: true but i know that you guys all have those hairs growing on your face i know those dark hairs (laughs) that come out of your chin out of your cheek out of your neck yes I, I? <laughs> I don't know, it's but, happening. Yeah, exactly. They're there, and they get worse as you get older. So if you're not in your thirties yet or your mid thirties, I should say, just wait because they start to multiply mm. and they start. So anyway, thank God for <laughs> laser hair removal because I am about to get rid of it.
2: Good. That's good. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you didn't want to get rid of it, that's also okay too. I, so I have polycystic ovary syndrome. So I've had these chin hairs from like a hormonal imbalance Whoa, little you know, whatever, for quite a few years now. Like mine started in my twenties oh. and I jokingly said something to Nick the other night and I don't even know why it came up, but I was like, would you still love me if I let my chin hairs grow? And he was like, yes. And I was like, I don't think you would have swiped right on me on Tinder if if I had a a beard. beard. I mean, not to say that I would have a beard. Like I don't need to like shit. you know, I don't shave it or anything like I pluck. But like, I was laughing so hard because he was like, I would love you. I would love having the girlfriend who's a bearded lady. And I was like, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. It's so
0: funny because Jesse like, you know, I've been complaining about this for like months and months now saying, I got to get to the dermatologist and take care of all this. And he like, like very honestly was like, I really don't notice any of the stuff that you're talking about. And I'm thinking like, I have, ai am a hundred percent Italian. I have like a full on mustache, like full on that. I like normally nair and like The chin hairs, some days I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh shoot, like there's like six of them and they're dark and they're like sticking out. (laughs) Like he gets very close to my face. So I have to give him credit if he's like giving a little white lie to make me feel better. That's nice. But maybe because the nurse that I was seeing at the dermatologist said like, you know, I know you think it looks terrible, but like truthfully, like people don't see it the way that you see it. Like it's not that noticeable. But anyway... One more funny point about it is that, and I'm sure those of you who have gotten laser hair removal know that you can't pluck before you get your laser hair removal because Mm. then the laser doesn't pick up the hair because it pulls out too much of it. It has to like recognize the follicle. Okay. So you have to shave before. So any spot you want to get removed, you have to shave up to like a week before. Interesting. So I was like, well, I don't really want to shave my face because it's going to be super weird. So I'll just leave it. And she was like, actually, you have to shave it because mm-hmm. otherwise we have to shave it and we don't recommend shaving it the same day. Okay. So I like went to CVS and bought this yeah. like, right. Ra- I didn't buy like the little face shaver. I bought like a two blade razor. Oh, okay. And I was like in the bathroom, like trying to shave my mustache. <laughs> And I was like, how did guys, okay, credit to all you guys that are listening. Like, <laughs> shaving your mustache is not easy. It feels like you're scraping Elicant your face. Yeah, it feels like you're, like, legitimately scraping your face, first yeah. of all. Like, you'd think you're going to cut yourself at any moment. Now I know why guys use, like, the straight razor, because I feel like that would be, like, mm-hmm. less, like, scratchy.
2: I, I have no idea. I mean, I have one of those little, like, face razor thingies that they're, like, mm-hmm. meant specifically know what for it your is. face. Yeah. They're small. They're one, like, blade, One but little it's not blade. Really a blade. And you, yeah,
0: it looks like a little tweezer almost, but it's just one stick Exactly, and you, yeah.
2: And I, cu- I cut my mouth with it the other day, which oh. is weird. Like, I pulled a new one out and, like, a new razor thingy out and cut my mouth by accident. Not badly, but... Yeah, I think we need to normalize the chin hairs. Like, nobody's talking about the fact that we all, everybody in their 30s has a chin hair. Yes. you don't, I feel like you're lying. Everybody gets that one random boob hair. Like, a boob hair comes occasionally. Those are very common.
0: I know. I wish that it was more talked about, and I wish that we weren't embarrassed by it, and that I wish that we didn't think it meant we were ugly or disgusting like or old, or old. Like, yeah, yeah yeah like i've been with jesse for five years and i still feel nervous like if i see like a crazy dark hair i'm like oh, i have to get rid of this before he sees it because he's gonna be yeah, like, yeah, grossed yeah. out or like think mm-hmm. that i look and that's like you know a total t- cultural society yes thing of like make like making hair not okay for women. And it's so funny I think about sometimes how much money we spend on razors and oh shaving god. cream and all the actual time in the day that we spend shaving our legs and our armpits. Oh my and god.
2: It's yeah. just like
0: and it's not even natural or normal. We're supposed to have the hair.
2: No. I we're know. literally
0: getting rid of like our God given it's like
2: a germ protector it's supposed to protect you from germs that's why it's there Mm -hmm. it's on your face so that it catches the germs on your face and that like no bugs get on your face because apparently like you know when you're a caveman bugs go anywhere right that's why it's there it's on your hoo-ha because protect you from like disease and also probably bugs like there's a reason for hair we need to normalize it
0: yeah, I, and I like that a lot of women are. I I noticed lately, and I'm sure like in America, many women have been leaving hair for a long time, and I just didn't realize it. But I do notice mm-hmm. since I've probably been in my 20s, I have noticed there are women that say "eff it" and they just let their arm hair grow. Yeah. But the thing is, and I actually specifically asked Jesse about this. I don't know how other men feel, but I've asked like when if you saw a female with Full on leg hair and full on armpit hair. Would you be less attracted? And he was like, "I think because of how I was normalized as a male, yeah, I'm, I'm taught that that is not attractive. Totally. So I think that I would think it wasn't. Yeah. So see, like we're kind of in a lose lose situation here
2: because. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're it's...
0: taught the same way we're taught.
2: Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I, like, poor Nick. I I don't know how he feels about it. I think Nick would be very quick to say that he doesn't mind. I think when I've asked him about me not shaving my legs occasionally because I get particularly lazy about it.
0: Yeah, I do and, too. I think most women in long-term relationships kind of yeah. fall off on the leg here. Yeah,
2: yeah. I yeah. think that's normal. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, it doesn't bother him, but, like, it's been a while, man. And if I didn't go to the Cape like through quarantine, (laughs) if I didn't go visit my family and like be out swimming, like Lord knows about my legs. And like with my armpits, I've been letting that grow out because I get like weird um, eczema rashes under my arms and I shave. So I can't shave. I got an epilator, which is torture, torture device. What's an
0: epilator?
2: Okay. An epilator. It looks like a battery powered like um, razor type thing, like a okay. sonic whatever. But it has all these little spring triangle thing in it and they spin really, really fast and it rips your hair out really fast, like super, super oh. fast. It spins and you just like roll it over your arm as if you're um, like shaving, as if you were shaving and it rips the hair out. So, so it's, it's like plucking, but like very fast. Yeah, and like I did it on my legs when I first got it. This was a couple of years ago because I've been getting these eczema rashes under my arms and I thought this would help and it actually does like prevent it. But I did it on my legs, and oh my god, it hurts so bad. It hurts so I can't even imagine. Yeah, no. You should do do
0: laser hair removal for your armpits. That's really popular in LA, actually. A lot of girls do that
2: out here. I should do that. I should do that.
0: Um, It's just crazy because as much as I'm talking or we're talking about like it needs to be normalized, we should be able to grow our hair out. It's so embedded in me that it's ugly that even if it was normalized, like in the next five, ten years, I would still be like, oh, no, I need shape. Yeah. I can't have hair on me. It's just, I feel like it's too late. It's never going to happen yeah (laughs) it's so sad in that way you know
2: yeah I hope that like when I have a daughter I will be able to say to her like your body is fine however it naturally is because I for one am like extremely body positive like your body is beautiful at any size any shape any Mm -hmm. whatever any color any anything Mm -hmm. and yet we have this like hair thing and like I don't know. I I wonder if the next generation will have it different than we do. I don't yeah, know.
0: I think it's funny because I remember I will never forget the first day I shaved my legs because it was such a thing. Like my mm-hmm. mom, like was like, okay, we're it's time to shave your legs. Like I think we had to wait till we were like I don't remember how old I was 10, yeah. 11 whatever it was because I always had a ton of hair. Yep. Um. But yeah, I, I remember it was like a very special day. Like, okay, today's the day. Like, you get to shave your legs, you know? And it's like, that was like a yeah. good day. That was like, yes, finally. It's a I coming of shave, age. I am thing. a woman. I can shave my legs, you know?
2: Yeah.
0: And it's just did like.
2: <laughs> your, did you're, I've heard this and like, when I was l- younger, little, I did not shave above my knee for a long time, and I feel like I've heard oh. – my mother never said, like, "Uh, loose women shave above their knee. Like, my mom never said that to me, but I've heard that, like, before, that, like, old school Bright. folks, like, say, like, oh, shaving above the knee is for <laughs> – loose women. <laughs> then they'd
0: be like showing off their upper thigh. Yeah,
2: we very I, don't, racy.
0: I don't remember that. I feel like that would be something that my like old school Italian family would say, but that wasn't was. one. So That's so funny. Oh my God. Well, I've actually, if anybody feels like giving us feedback on any of the women or men about hair, Uh, Mm -hmm. please do because I'm so interested. I I love hearing about it and like talking about it. Even the nurse at the dermatologist was like, I pulled a two inch hair out of my neck the other day. And like, I can't believe I didn't notice it. (laughs) It grew two inches. (laughs) And it's like, it's, you know, it's all of us. But yeah, it's funny that we're all too embarrassed to talk about it, but we'll talk about it with you. So if you want to tell us about your hairs coming out of your body, (laughs)
2: Or like any other uh like aging treatments that you've gotten I'm mm. so I'm always so curious about that because like I don't feel like I'm afraid of getting older but at the same time like I pluck my grays I'm like retinol city over yes. here trying to like get prevent wrinkles and Me I'm too 31. so well, like good
0: they say to start early yeah.
2: yeah. But I definitely would be down for a chemical peel if it weren't for my rosacea, which I think it would make the rosacea worse. But like, some I, I, there are different things, right? Yeah. Like, you can yeah.
0: treat the rosacea first, probably, mm-hmm. and repair the rosacea, which I'm going to do this yeah. month. And it's supposed to be like, it's some light treatment, but it's supposed to really get rid of the red, like forever. She said it's like a permanent oh, yeah. repair.
2: I'll wow. let you know how it is. Yeah. Please do. I have a question for you. Did you go to this dermatologist appointment, like, as a part of your birthday thing? Like, was it a thought about, like, I'm getting older. I want to, like, do these things, or? I think it fell in, like, a, it was just the
0: timing of it that Mm -hmm. I, when I knew I was turning a 30-something number past (laughs) 35 uh, <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Well, because on top of it, I've also now that I'm getting into my 30s, getting concerned about like all the different spots on my skin and like I'm trying yeah. to make sure I get ahead of all the sun damage I did because I'm from Rhode Island, so we like tanned in the tanning mm-hmm. beds. That's like a huge I know it's not just Rhode Island, but it is a big Yeah, that's everywhere. thing in Rhode Island and uh anyway, so I was a big tanner from like when I was 16. So I do think it was a little bit related to my birthday because I knew like, okay, you're not like a spring chicken anymore. Not, you're not in your early thirties anymore. Like now (laughs) is the time to like really get ahead of all these things. And I just felt like, okay, it's now or never Rebecca. So I think, yeah, it was probably related to knowing that my birthday was coming up. And then when I, like, knew that I had to purchase all these things, I was like, you know what? F it. It's my birthday.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's a good excuse. Gotta say, Do you feel like, so we're talking all about these, like, physical changes, but, like, mm-hmm. are you feeling emotional changes? Not necessarily with, like, this specific birthday. But, no, like, no.
0: I know what you mean. Like, as you get into your 30s and Yeah, versus, yeah. It's funny. Um, one of my friends asked me the same thing the other day, because she's the same age as me. And she was like, oh my God, I feel, she's like, I feel like I haven't changed since I was in my 20s. Uh, I feel the same. Mm. And I was thinking like, I actually don't feel the same. I feel so different in so many ways. I feel like when you're in your, when I was in my 20s, I was still figuring myself out in a way. And I just feel like now my style is completely different and my hair is completely different and like on the the physical end of it and then mentally I feel like it's insane how much I feel like I have grown professionally in my relationships in my friendships even because there's a couple girlfriends that I'm not even friends with anymore from my 20s Mm -hmm. that oh yeah you know and like it's just that could be a whole nother podcast episode, like <laughs> about friendships and ending Almost friendships. Just spit my
2: drink out, laughing at that. Yeah, that's the okay. whole
0: thing. next episode, guys, just stay tuned. We're gonna talk about friendships. I'm gonna make note. Um, yeah. But yeah, I do feel like, and it's such a when I have a couple friends, like I know Mary Kate. You just turned, you turned 31, but you mm-hmm. had recently turned 30, and yeah. all my girlfriends that have are turning 30 this year or recently turned 30, I o- always say to them, this is going to be the best decade of your life. Like, welcome to your 30s. It's, wow. it's because you're, and I'm sure you're noticing this, Mary-Kate, mm-hmm. like, you are, at 30, you know yourself. 20s mm-hmm. was figuring it out. And you're still yeah. figuring it out in your early 30s, I think, too. But 20s mm-hmm. was figuring it out. And like, For me personally, it was a lot of the like, you know, I had been in a long-term relationship in my early 20s. And then when that had ended, I was like, all right, time to experiment, time to to do all the craziness with the dating and get, you know, figure out what I want in a guy and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And job-wise, kind of like finding my place professionally, what am I good at? What do I want? Yeah. Um. All those different things, figuring out, because I know you, I've said in the podcast many times, I didn't move to LA till I was 31 or 32. So kind of like letting that whole process happen of like getting out of Boston and getting over <laughs> here and like following my dream. And, yeah. you know, I just think getting older is actually pretty awesome. Mary-Kate, do you feel like you're starting to feel that as you are entering into
2: your 30s? Yeah, I think I'm definitely far more comfortable with myself. Mm -hmm. And I know myself, like you said, very well. And I know I have some idea anyway of like a bigger picture of the things I want in my life and like Mm -hmm. work towards getting those things. Um, I, you know, have career goals that are constantly changing and morphing into what whatever the right thing for me may be. And I think it's important to remember that like, it's never too late to change your course or find something new or I don't want to say reinvent yourself because I don't think we're ever actually doing that because we're always bringing what our past was with us. So it's not a complete reinventing of yourself, but like change is good and change can happen in your thirties, it can happen in your forties, like being okay to like, not, not being in your dream job at 30. Like I definitely thought when I was younger that like, I would be working in my job, in my life, like successful, whatever that means. And Mm -hmm. like, you know, that, that's not a thing yet. And it will be a thing. And like the goalpost moves, you know? And I think I don't know. I think it's okay. Like, I think it's good.
0: Yeah. I found this quote. I want to read to you guys. Um, It was on someone's Instagram recently that speaks to this very much so. Um, And it says, no, but seriously, normalize finding love in your forties, normalize discovering and chasing new dreams in your thirties, normalize finding yourself and your purpose in your fifties. Life doesn't end at 25. Let's stop acting like it does. And I, I think that. that's exactly what you just said in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. And I love it. I love it. And you know, other things that I love is our guest.
2: Yes. Hanalee, and who, she speaks to this so yes. much. Like she has had a million lives, such an interesting human being. So. Yeah.
0: She's amazing. She's a customer in the business and we have a great interview with her. So We'll uh, stop talking your ear off and and get to (laughs) that now. And and you guys are going to love her.
2: This is a fun one. So enjoy. All right, everybody. We are here with Hanalee Milne. And she is an amazing customer and worked in Boston, works in Boston, Uh, worked with Rebecca and me. But I never knew her so this is really exciting for me um finally to actually get to have a conversation with someone whose name i've seen a million times so hi hello hana lee thank hey. you for hello. being here with us how are you i'm awesome welcome
1: to quarantini time <laughs> Quarantine time <laughs> <laughs> or core yeah. qu- qu- wine cor wine what do we gonna Well yes us?
0: the audience cannot see us mm. but we are all sipping on a glass of wine right now everyone
1: in a triangle cheers. of the country here. Cheers. Some cheers. Cheers awesome. to our <laughs>
0: listeners. Cheers to you, Hanali!
1: So, oh, Hanali, Cheers I, to you, baby.
0: As Mary-Kate mentioned, you are a costumer in the motion picture industry. And yes. I want to know how you got into the industry. And I also would love for you to tell the audience what it means to be a costumer.
1: Okay. Wow. Well, I was a stylist for products and clothing, uh, a million and a half years ago in another <laughs> lifetime in Boston <laughs> at the Phoenix and the Weekly Dig and cool. Stuff at Night. Which, yeah, um,
0: the Phoenix a, is a newspaper, right?
1: Newspaper. So it's yeah. print. So I would work with this at this magazine newspaper. It was like a very small office, super fun. Part of WFNX Radio, and it was. It was really just like this big family of people who went out to shows and we went to a lot of parties and a lot of events and I would borrow clothes and products to do these pages in it. Like what's the cool back to school stuff or what's the hip hop party scene like, or oh, wow. you know, there's an art gallery show. And so we would go do all this really fun stuff. And then I would take photographs with a photographer. So there was a woman who did like beauty products and beauty stuff there, but I did like the clothing and, right. the, and the product products. And I had worked in a bunch of different retail stores, Black Ink, and um, oh, yeah. my, my friend Dougie owned Motley, and then we had Motley, oh, Dougie oh, and I, cool. uh, and my friend Jimmy started this Motley home where we had home products. And so I was styling wow. Oh my God. Yeah. But I also was this, this is ridiculous. I can't even think this is another lifetime. I was a party planner. And I had Whoa. this little party planner company called the Hanali's party and events. And I did a ladies night for oh God. probably God. five years. Yeah. Where I would have a big party on a Thursday night, like four times a year. Mm-hmm. And I would get only female artists and designers to come into the Jorge Hernandez cultural center in the South end and throw this giant flea market before there was bizarre, Bazaar, before there was a bus flea market.
2: Right. We would have these
1: Annalise ladies' nights. And it was all Boston, New England, well, mostly New England, more than Boston. Uh-huh. Uh, and it was just really fun. So I knew oh all these God. people who did things. But we always had like either a hip-hop floor show, the floor lords would dance, or there would be a burlesque show back when burlesque was really cool. Oh my God. It was, so,
2: like... fun. Wow. It was God, so fun. I wish I was around for that. I know, that. me too. Oh, no.
1: I mean, it was like pre internet. So, I also did this thing called the cheat sheet where I would go out to bars and clubs all the time and just make a, the Hanalees cheat sheet of all the fun things I wanted to do that week. And we would plaster it all around town and pass them out. Like, we'd wheat paste things. Me and my assistants and friends, we would go around and wheat paste stuff and hang up things at Newberry Comics and the Hoot Nanny and the Garage Mall. So, then movies were happening. Yeah. I was going to say, how did
0: it lead to the okay. movies?
1: So Morgan Kling, who's a bartender at The Model and worked in props, was like, you should totally be doing movies. They need people. There's not enough people doing you know, wardrobe and not props. So Morgan hired me on Ghosts of Girlfriends Pass, and she hired me to come and put together like bridesmaids gift bags for the movie or like mm-hmm. things, weird prop things. So I went and worked for her for that, and it was like doing props. I was like, oh, this is interesting and cool. And then I worked for Danica Chipman, who was a um, buyer for set tech. And she would come to Motley home, the store, and buy the sheets and towels and lamps and things like that, that I picked out with my friend, Jimmy, who owned the store. And we would like, she was like, no, you should be working in movies. You'd be really good at that. Like, come and do that.
0: You had clearly a knack for it and a talent for it. Yeah. But
1: I didn't even know that was a job. And. Yeah. There weren't that many movies in Boston until that point. so Yeah, it's, it's
0: crazy because we talked about that with Christy King um, a couple yeah. episodes ago where she was like, she didn't realize that, you know, accounting was a job in film. And it's like, right. same mm-hmm. for costumes. Like people don't realize like there's all these jobs for like 35 departments, you know, or yeah. more.
1: Oh my God, I would have done sound if I, because I, I, I was used to setting up microphones for live shows because I booked the Linwood nightclub. For all that time too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Also, previous to all that, I was a Catholic school school teacher. What? I taught first and second grade for five years. Okay, oh, oh How,
0: are you a cat? If you led I, I like a gazillion lives, I, <laughs> I, I I had I
1: got my master's in education in elementary education.
0: <laughs> I was, like, was going to ask if you went to school for any kind of styling or costume no. design or anything like that? I
1: went to Emerson College for mm-hmm. um, writing literature and publishing. I have a, wow. I have a wow. degree in writing literature for poetry Cool. and then went to Leslie um, for my master's in education. Oh,
0: wow. So you yeah. like, this is a path that this you is- did not see for yourself.
1: No, I mean, I've always right. loved fashion. I've always, I mean, I'm not a fashionista. I'm, I always, I'm like, I'm the schlubbiest. Like, I'm
2: wearing a Lost Boys t-shirt. I'm All like, Right, I'm audience, not that is
0: it. not true. She's definitely a fashionista.
2: <laughs> She's rocking a red lip at 9.30 on a Tuesday night. If right. that is any indication of what a fashionista is, I yeah. think...
0: When we give you her Instagram and you start following her, you will see all her very stylish outfits.
1: <laughs> well, I wear an army shirt a lot or a jumpsuit. I'm like, Those are my <laughs> exactly things. my point. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, movies to the yeah. so Danica and Morgan both were like, you should be doing this. You should come do it. So um, my first like costume, like full on doing costumes for a full film was, the two films that I did simultaneously were Shutter Island and Bride Wars that overlap together. So I'd done mm-hmm. some stuff. And then I did a, well, I used to do, when I was styling, I do videos, like rock videos back in the day, like metalhead <sighs> videos for Mark Constance, <laughs> who's a first assistant director. And he's hilarious. Know from the you know, Mark, Great. he's like metal. So we would do like all these like, You know, there'd be like 50 women in the audience and you'd be like, can you get like all these bustiers and maybe like some short skirts? And I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to go find So you
0: always were led back to styling, it seems like. Everything that you did, it was like the universe was pointing you towards, like, this is what you're
1: going to end up doing with your life. So Super fun. So did Shutter Island, um, which was amazing. We Mm -hmm. just would dress the same background every day because Shutter Island was in a mental hospital consistently over mm-hmm. and over so fun but then Great I did st- I learned I was really good at stunts like dressing stunt guys mm-hmm. because it's a special brand of putting um the exact same clothing that the main actors are wearing onto a different human a stuntman right. right and making them stay exactly the same so much of a costumer's job is keeping continuity
0: yes which is
1: okay. how the movie is Seen in succession. I mean, we don't film the movie exactly how it's seen on screen, so right. it's like do 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 do. We'll film it out of order, mm-hmm. and right. so you have to keep the continuity of the costume, which is like which very challenging, yeah? incredibly challenging. Mm-hmm. Sometimes actors are squirrely. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they tr- check themselves, and you're like, oh, you are a dreamboat. Like, it's like, how many buttons did you have open? Was your chain in or out? Are your pants rolled up? How high are they on your waist? Um, Is your jacket open or closed? Did we put 17 coats on you to keep you warm during that 20 minute break? Did you take your clothes off? So it's, I mean,
0: on, on that note of talking about the continuity and how you enjoy dressing stunt guys, tell us more about like, Cause you're a costumer, you you dress actors on every movie. Mm-hmm. Tell us more about like that every day and like what that entails for you.
1: What I always like whenever like my mom's friends always ask me, they're like, "So what do you do? Do you pick out the clothes? Do you go? Do you make the clothes? Do you buy the clothes?" <laughs>
0: exactly. Okay. Like, what does it mean? <laughs> yeah.
1: What What does it mean? It's a huge the costume world. We're like the you know the the people of the cloth. So we are multi-tiered. There is a costume designer who is the head honcho, like mm-hmm. it is their vision with the director. So the director and the producers and the costume designer come with the actor to make the character. So the actors, right. the, the director, the costume designer, sometimes even the production designer, because you're looking at the world they live in too, that character, mm-hmm. make the actor become... The character sometimes in the assistant costume designer on productions because i'm also in the costume designers guild they are the person that helps facilitate everything below them so and then cool. there's a, yeah then there's a supervisor who generally does the budget the labor right. and the ordering of things mm-hmm. whether we need multiples of things whether they need to be custom made or um, altered by the multiples of tailors mm-hmm. that are there there's mm-hmm. always an army of tailors behind a good costume shop to help um, after a fitting happens, make things fit perfectly. You always see like, oh my God, that gap sweater didn't look that good on me when I went to try it on. And you're like, oh no, that sweater was cut down to an inch of its life to look that good on that woman. Right. You know?
2: Like, yeah. It's so interesting. That's a big
1: thing. People are like, where'd you get that? Like, I totally watched shrill and because the costume designer on shrill, uh, buys the New Works jumpsuits a lot that I wear. Oh, I'm obsessed cool. with New Works. It's N O O Works. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that company is the jam. So on Shrilled, she, the costume designer, got a lot of those cl- pieces of clothing and put the actors in them. But she, she just makes them look so good because I have our tailors, Robin T- Chalfin. My best friend is a tailor mm-hmm. on movies, and she cuts down and cut and makes all of my. Jumpsuits look amazing oh, awesome. to me. Usually, have a partner when you're working on set as a costumer too. It's mm-hmm. a big thing. You have somebody that you you have to have a backup. You have to have somebody to be like, dude, I need your help. Or did you can you help me keep eyes on that person? There's costumers who might work in the office doing fittings mm-hmm. and fit all okay. and fit background and fit um, help the designer and the assistant designer fit principles maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. everyone gets a fitting, whether it be in the office or on the truck. On that day, we have a huge fifty-three-foot wardrobe truck. We usually roll around in. Yeah, it is filled with clothes. Um, some of them are rented from costume houses in New York or Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Some of them are purchased from. Could be anywhere. An independent designer mm-hmm. could be, you know, Rag and Bone. Could be Gap. Could be Target. Could be Walmart. Could be mm-hmm. depends where you're, you are.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. I haven't just. I mean, I've been very fortunate in my career to not just work in Boston. I, though I love working at home, um, I've worked in Philadelphia. I've worked in Los Angeles. I've worked in Atlanta. Um, Amazing! Wow! And it, it, it's always a challenge to like run around whatever area you're in, and and often when we're in those areas, you're not just in the city. You're in right some weird suburb or odd place like especially in New England, you're like, I was in this weird town in western Massachusetts. Yeah. And we had to go <laughs> find and um, around super troopers. We were trying to find things and I was like, oh my God, I'm driving around forever on, you know looking for cop stuff.
2: Oh God.
0: See this awesome. is so oh I mean it just yeah. shows you like how it's like no one watching a movie would ever realize that like a costume department would consist of like all those different it's jobs. Huge.
1: Yeah, it's huge. So then on Um, the
0: day to day on set, your job, you're assigned to one actor or multiple actors?
1: Yeah, I was going to ask that. Well, here's, I mean, it depends. Uh, Some movies, people want to, some actors will want a personal on a movie. They'll want Mm -hmm. one person just to be with them. and, And then some people don't care. And they're, you know, like on American Hustle and I worked on American Hustle and Joy. And Joy, I was on the truck. But at some points, I would go to set. Um, we, we, there's an actor um, on set. Some, a costumer always has to be there with him. But there's always a costumer on the truck, we, the truck costumer, who mm-hmm. sets the rooms, pulls the line for the next day, pull, you know, pull, picks out the clothes for the next day that the designer has picked out, or the designer comes and helps that person. You prep right. them, you steam them, mm-hmm. oh make sure God. they're the right sizes. It's, it's a lot of stuff you know make sure laundry gets done
2: oh my gosh yeah laundry I can't even imagine like the volume of laundry that you must go through because I go through so much as one girl living in her pajamas in (laughs) quarantine (laughs) (laughs) like shooting an entire movie that's wild
1: and part of what our job is too is to keep and this is like an unofficial part of the job, but it's keeping the actors dry. Though PAs help us, you know, set PAs always carry an umbrella every day. But like, we always try to have a dive coat, which are those rain-resistant coats that um, scuba divers would put on afterwards. That are lined with a fleece, mm-hmm. microfiber fleece. So you, the water kind of comes off you. We always hand them out to people. We're like, here's a dive coat, put it on. And every producer's like, this is awesome. I need this coat. <laughs> they have giant hoods and they're usually black. So. We always give them a a comfort coat or like Mm -hmm. a big puffy coat, Um, keep them dry or keep them cool. Like on Smilf, we were constantly running around with um, huge leaf blowers and like shooting them at people. Yeah, we had these giant leaf blowers that we would get and we would shoot the air because it was hot. It was hot, hot summer and oh rosie would get really yeah, hot and frankie yeah. would get really hot and we'd shoot them with these hot uh, these air dryers like these giant leaf blowers it's like do. an air conditioning yeah oh my god so it's cooling it's heating it's trying to keep people temperate like mm-hmm. you know because if they sweat through their clothes or if, like when we shot city on a hill you know kevin bacon was freezing it was it's cold in boston january february it's cold Right, and that's
0: another thing that nobody in the audience, or not many people in the audience, probably realizes. Like, oh yeah, there's like weather conditions, and that yeah. affects yeah. the costumes. And you're oh, not yeah.
2: always shooting for the season that it is, so right, oh God, no. like nope.
0: So tell okay. us about some of the the famous actors that you've dressed. We have to know. We love to do the <laughs> gossip, so you got to tell yes. us. Yes, yeah, we love
2: stories. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um so well I so I've done some really I feel I'm very fortunate. I've always like I'm so I'm not I don't want to say lucky because lucky implies that there's like I don't know something I don't know lucky always is just a weird word to use but I say I'm very fortunate. I am incredibly grateful for all the experiences I've had. Mm-hmm. Um but like di- I I've I worked on a lot of David O Russell stuff so I've Amy Adams who I adore and love and she is an incredible Amazing. human being.
2: Mm-hmm. Um and so Kristen nice Bale who
1: and Christian Bale, who I just think is like one of the coolest people I've ever had the opportunity to hang out with and meet, and okay, this, he's so lovely. That also
0: makes you the coolest person on earth because you've dressed Christian mm-hmm. Bale. Oh, by
1: the way, this is true. <laughs> we always just help our partners, we help our, our set partners, and we're always good with each other. But, um, Moonrise Kingdom, so we had like Bill Murray and um oh Bruce Willis, God. who's awesome, and I segue I was I found out I was pregnant on halfway through shooting of Moonrise Kingdom oh wow and Bruce Willis's wife at the time was pregnant not Demi Moore but his new wife is pregnant at the same time and he would be like do you need a coke right now oh. would you like a grilled cheese oh, what, my, god. Sit, oh my god sit that's down so cute. And, uh, and, and his daughter Scout was our PA so Scout would be like my dad wants to know if you want a grilled cheese right now. And I'd be like, yes, of course I want a grilled cheese right now.
2: I can't refuse. But I'm
1: sorry, but I have to run over here and grab this thing. <laughs> oh my God. That's so, so cute. And like Tilda Swinton, who gave me the, one of the best hugs I've ever had in all my days. <gasps> like this giant. Oh my God. And Frances McDormand, who is just one of the, I mean, I just was like on holy. I'm sorry. This cast is awesome. Yes. They, they were the nicest people ever and so lovely, and so fun. Um, but yeah, so that was a good one. I mean, I, Super Troopers guys, every single one of them, hands down, that is, that was a whole cast. Oh, that great. whole cast, well I, got, well, I was like Linda Carter. I was like, dude, Wonder Woman, get on the truck. We have Wonder Woman, <laughs> I and mean,
2: it's shocking.
1: That's I, awesome.
2: Well, cause you're seeing in such an intimate circumstance. Oh, yeah. So like, yeah. You're the person that they want to be nice to as well, but I'm sure that it is like very genuine, but like, I don't know. I would imagine that the person who's putting clothes on my body would be somebody to be kind to.
1: <laughs> we're the little, we're the, we're the help. I'm always like, I'm a lady in waiting. I'm here to make sure that you stay perfect. What do you need? How can I help you? Right. What can I do for you? That's awesome how can I protect you if there's a need to like do something? I mean, that sounds ridiculous, but it's like, no, how can I be that person that you, uh, that you can ask anything of? Yeah. I mean, we often, we collaborate with sound a lot because actors have to be wired in their costumes, uh, with a sound mic inside. Mm-hmm. So they wear a sound pack usually on the small of their back in a small pouch. So, they'll put the sound pack on their back and then we have to run the wire up to the front of their chest or up at their neck somewhere. So that's a MacGyver. Right. I would say, I'm like, you have to be a MacGyver to work yeah. in costumes. It's true. We, we say MacGyvering a lot. I'm like, I use that phrase. I'm like, we're MacGyvering now. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll put it, in, you know, we'll do that with sound. But see, nobody but like, thinks
0: in, about that stuff. No yeah. one would
1: know that. Oh. I mean. Uh, my poor husband, when we watch a movie together, I'm like, I can't say they're a wire. God. <laughs> <laughs> like bumpuses! I'm like yelling, <laughs> like click or. Who was or, that um, costumer that did not fix that? I don't curse the costumer ever. I like feel for them because often we are not allowed to. Like I'm always like, can I run in? And they're like, and no, you can't you. run in. We're in the middle of a take. Oh, I'm, wow. I mean, I've only worked on a couple shows where I've been like, can I run in, please help me? Right. Um, Ryan Johnson on Knives Out would let us always run in. I mean, great movie. Is,
0: great director
1: ryan johnson is the jam i can't say that again another movie i was thrilled beyond thrilled okay amazing cast who did you amazing cast jenny egan costume designer i mean yes who did you dress
0: on that movie
1: uh okay so it was myself and a woman named liz clifford was my set partner and she is the bomb liz clifford Mm -hmm. um so i dressed Daniel Craig, oh, I stop. say that dreamily enough I mean Daniel Craig, I will go if he I mean I will do anything for that man. He is the best i'm gonna, I'm gonna say it. this I'm gonna say this straight up every okay. Friday night he would leave me a bottle of Vove clique what? and it would say, "Have a great weekend. Thank you for working so hard or be like you are you are okay. awesome this week, written in Sharpie on the box, and by the end of the movie, I had this pile of vove. And I had all my girlfriends over and I was like, we're having the Daniel Craig food party. And they were all like,
2: that's so amazing. I
1: am obsessed with that. That is amazing. (laughs)
2: That's so So
1: great. I kind of tandem did everybody, but mostly like, so I, I had Daniel Craig and then all the ladies. So I had, um, Toni Collette and Jamie Lee Curtis and Ana de Armas. And, um, we just had the, the, oh, it was just so much fun. And then, Liz did Chris and Don Johnson and Chris Mm -hmm. Evans. Nash Bridges. (laughs) Nash Bridges.
0: If you're listening and have not watched Knives Out,
1: watch it. Do yourself a favor
0: and go see that movie. Oh my gosh. And by the way, was that movie, this is like
1: not costume related, but because we're film people,
0: it was all shot in Massachusetts and it was also like. Basically, one location, right? Yeah, it was
1: this really cool mansion in, um like, off 128. We'll say like that. It was like you know near Natick, near Natick, Massachusetts. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it was this beautiful mansion. But it was winter, and we weren't allowed to um, wear our shoes inside the house unless Wait, we that- wore like. Oh. Cu- oh no, we, we even- weren't allowed to touch the walls. You couldn't lean against a wall. And I don't know if you've ever met a foam crew, but we are like. Oh all God. over the place. We're yeah, like, hey, you we're, gotta be. We're working. gonna take over your house. And so like, the yeah. whole crew had no shoes on. Well, you either took off your shoes or you wore the booties. So we wore the booties a lot on our shoes. So you took the booties on if you came in the house. But it was winter, so it was snowing and it was icy and wet. And so sometimes you just like be where props was staging was in their um, kind of like their breezeway from the garage to the house. Mm-hmm. So props had their stuff all set up in there. And everyone who had to walk through would walk through props area, either taking off their boots or putting on booties. So you'd be like, okay, good morning, props. Good morning, sound. Good morning, camera. <laughs> like everyone would walk through everybody's areas. I'm like, good morning, everybody. It was, it was the most awesome crew. Knives out, again, amazing production to work on. But also
0: I just have to comment and say that this podcast is teaching me something because if you guys have all listened to episodes episode eight prior to this Katie Malat mentioned that they worked on a boat on the movie six underground that they had to all take their shoes off on and I did not know it was a thing
1: working on a movie that
0: certain sets you had to take your shoes off and this is second episode in a row now that I'm learning like shoes (laughs) have to be taken off on certain sets so
1: (laughs) you learn something new every day
0: that is so so
1: funny Yes. So funny. Shoes are, shoes off and on are a big thing, like touching of things because a set, they'll say like hot set, we're not allowed to touch anything in the room. Like the room Mm -hmm. is supposed to look the same, just like the continuity of the costumes, the continuity of the set dressing and the continuity of the props, but props are anything that people touch, an actor touches. The set dressing is anything that's in the room itself. So like Mm -hmm. an iPad would be props, but a desk would be set dressing. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. My eight-year-old loves to tell people. She's like, that's a prop. No, <laughs> that's, not, that's not set dressing.
2: Because she okay. comes to work with me sometimes and loves our prop people. Talk to us about your daughter. Talk to us about being a mother, working. How has that looked for you?
1: Um, so my husband and I got married. I, like, I always timeline my life off of movies now for the last a bajillion years whatever but so my husband and i got married on zookeeper while i was filming i had Mm -hmm. the weekend off um the amazing producers got me a room at the liberty where all the actors were staying so my wedding night we like walked back from foley's which is a dive bar in boston and went to the liberty and then i went to got up on sunday and was like oh god okay cool we're married now gotta go back to work on monday oh my god yeah went to work on friday you know like it was like friday i was at work Saturday, I got married Sunday. I was like, "Woo, cool. And then Monday I was back at work in the zoo. Um, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and then, so my daughter was born. Um, so I got pregnant. I found out I was pregnant on Moonrise Kingdom. Mm -hmm. I was living in Rhode Island and coming home every weekend. Um, and then that ended and I worked on Crooked Arrows, which was a lacrosse movie with um, Native American guys and Virginia Johnson, who's a local costume designer designed that Mm -hmm. super fun and hilarious. I was like, you know, big and waddling around on this lacrosse fields and then uh, worked on RIPD again amazingly fun crew on I was on second unit where we just did stunts and just crashed cars every day that must have been when I met you (laughs) huge men in fat suits that we like made into monsters it was like I was like this eight-month pregnant (laughs) crazy lady like tying shoes on big guys and like running around and of cars. Yeah. I think, that was the so movies, much fun.
0: I think that's the movie we met on. I think so too. Yeah. That's and so was, funny. Ryan Reynolds like,
1: movie. Oh, Ryan for for Reynolds. For anyone who Jack doesn't Bridges, know. Yeah. Kevin Bacon. So much fun. So you fun. were pregnant fun. on RIPD. I was incredibly pregnant on RIPD. Mm-hmm. And then um, that ended at Christmas hiatus. So we, we never really worked between Christmas and New Year's on movies because pe- actors and everybody has family and they just mm-hmm. kind of say, all right, mm-hmm. time to go holiday. So I, um, was due in January. So I stopped working after, uh, we wrapped that portion of it and I didn't go back and I had strummer in the middle of January. Um, and she was hilarious and awesomely born and
2: (laughs) decided I was going
1: to take her to visit my parents in Florida when she was six weeks old and, um, took her to Florida. was at my mom's, you know, hanging out doing the Florida thing in the pool with my new little six-week-old baby. And yeah, and Taryn, my friend Taryn Walsh, who is a key costumer and a costumer called, she's like, hey, I'm doing this movie with Mark Bridges, my friend Mark Bridges, who's like the best costume designer on the planet. He's amazing. He did The Fighter, so I'd worked on The Fighter with him. And uh, he's good friends with Taryn. And he was like, Oh, yeah, come. I'm doing this Captain Phillips movie. Do you want to come <gasps> work on it? And I was like, Well, I have this brand new baby, but sure, I'll come home. And I flew home. Wow. Strummy's six weeks old. We wow. fly back home. Oh my I'm like, Look at my husband. I was like, We got to find a babysitter or something because I'm going to go back to work. So I brought Strummy with me for the first week of prep. She came to the office. We have awesome pictures oh of her no. sitting next to Mark's uh, Oscar. Like we have, like the Oscar baby. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's so cute. Um, and then uh my friend uh babysat for her for that duration, who knew the world. She had been a production assistant. Um and she babysat for Strummy for that show, which was pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And then my husband decided that he wanted to be a stay at home father, which was best thing. Wow! and checkers was like yeah i don't really want somebody else watching our kid i want i want to be home with her and i want to experience this and he uh stayed home with her from that on so i'd gotten a job right after captain phillips um paul feig was coming to boston with the heat and Mm -hmm. so and um pat thomas was the costume designer on that yeah
0: how was that for you um being the working mom and having your husband be the stay-at-home dad because still in 2020 that is not the social
1: norm oh no Um, it's not the social norm it was very strange for my parents were like uh, what what are you doing okay cool Mm -hmm. did you
2: feel
0: pressure did you feel judged did you feel stressed was there any Uh, of that um, going on
1: or no not i mean not really it was well so um, I'm pretty open about this, but I was I was breastfeeding for mm-hmm. during Captain Phillips, so I was pumping. So movie sets are not set up like we're we're basically I'm like we're carnies with healthcare. We have trucks that roll <laughs> around. <laughs> we Take have an office. Time. <laughs> know, yeah. we're we're that. we, that's like the worst secret in film. We're like we're carnies with healthcare. We, mm-hmm. we but we're transient people, especially not in Boston. We don't have movie studios. We have warehouses that we take over, mm-hmm. be it an old stop and shop or an old newspaper like on the heat or whatever place we're going to, it's not a movie studio. It's not set up to be a proper studio. It's just a space right. that we put our trucks around. And our trucks are awesome. Like we have honey wagons, which are the bathrooms, and you know, bangers that are like individual uh dressing rooms. And we mm-hmm. have a wardrobe truck and a truck and a camera truck and every department has their own space. Mm-hmm. But it's still like they're trucks. They're rolling mobile things. Yeah. They're not houses. They don't they have heat, but they don't have bathrooms in each one of them. They don't have like whatever. It's not it's not stationary. Um so I, I was breastfeeding through it. So on Captain Phillips I'd be like, I need I need a two banger. I need a, a room to sit and pump in for you know, 20 minutes and a half an hour or whatever. So I can have milk for the next day for my kid, whatever. It's fine. Right, right. Yeah. But but I was still breastfeeding on the heat. Strummy so I mean, was like six months old when I got that job. And it was hilarious because I'd be like, I got to go on my truck and pump. I'll be right back. And they'd be like, yeah, that's great. That's fine. Sandy Bullock had kids and Melissa, has, Melissa McCarthy has children. And they yeah, were like, yep. that's cool. But that movie happened to film like, 20 blocks from my house too mm. so my husband would bring strummy by during lunch and like just to eat Aww. but if anybody saw her they'd be like give me that baby they'd steal her <laughs> and run away with like, like little baby!" Yeah. like more often than not we'd find her in like the hair and makeup trailer <laughs> she'd be like yeah um, oh my god squishied by melissa mccarthy right now like, she so you so felt
0: lucky. so you felt very you felt very supported by your co workers and your cast. Oh, gosh, yeah. So it wasn't for like you. a weird, like, oh, like, what's your husband doing at home with the kid? Why isn't he working? It was very much you felt like you had. Oh, I feel loved. I've always felt
1: loved by That's that. incredible. Okay, and also, St- Stromy and Checkers um, are co pilots of fun. They've had the best life. So wherever I travel for a film, too, they have the opportunity to come visit me in places that I get have the opportunity to work in so strum as a little kid when she was like I think I worked on Ted Two when she was like three and they came to Los Angeles to visit me and we took her to like get her first pair of Doc Barton's purple romper stompers and she was oh like oh my god <laughs> uh, you uh,
2: know
1: and so yeah she's and so cool that Our friend you- Carolyn Spence Was the chef at Chateau Marmont At that point oh, And so out. it was an old Boston Like Boston bug crocker Like Carolyn's amazing But she was the chef there uh-huh. So Carolyn let us like Come down da- We didn't let us But she like We went to go eat one day And she took Strummy In the kitchen with her we have these, like, okay. great photos. Mary-Kate oh,
2: and,
0: Mary and I couldn't even get a reservation there the last time she came
2: to visit. So I yeah. love how your
1: three-year-old daughter gets to go there. <laughs> but- I like, dropped her like it was hot. She's on. We have great pictures of her. It's so dr- filming Ted 2 was so flipp- Like, that was flipping fun. We had, like, Flash Gordon. He's, like, on the Flash Gordon ship, the three-year-old driving it. Oh we put her in the God. middle of all the Ted's at one point. Like, all the giant Ted <laughs> costumes. So She's had some really cool she has things. been
2: invited to way more places huh? than Rebecca and I
1: have.
0: havebie's <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> living
1: her best life so
0: basically you guys have figured out a way to make it work as a family and you as the working mom you've been able to have your family travel with you That's amazing but that's
1: what like it's part of have, you have to advocate for yourself to be like I love my job. I love what I do. I love our film family. I mm-hmm. always say it like that. I'm like, mm-hmm. no matter what part of the country you're in or the world, it's your film family. Right. You're mm-hmm. always going to find somebody who knows somebody who has made an impact we on always your say that. life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can we
0: have Strummy be part of the ending? Sure. Strummy, come here, honey. That would be cute.
1: What are you guys doing? She said. What are you guys Drum. doing? Hi, Strummer. Hi. I haven't seen you in like seven years (laughs) them. okay so strummy okay so often what happens in movies too is that you get like free crap at the end yes so what are you wearing (laughs) the bathroom from
0: the sleepover (laughs) the bathroom that's awesome
1: i'm
0: obsessed with that all right guys well thanks so much for joining us for episode nine of how are we not invited with hana lee who's so amazing and we actually have her daughter strummer here with us thank you for inviting us thank you for coming
1: strummer i'm so glad we got invited thank you (laughs) (laughs) you guys are always invited (laughs) i mean do you want to have a party at our house come on over
0: we're going we're
2: invited
0: oh my god strummer just invited us to a party
2: Yes. Thank you, everybody, for listening. That is the end of episode nine. We look forward to seeing you again for episode 10 sometime soon. And be sure to check us out on Instagram. Feel free to email us about any of the things that we've talked about on this episode. Everything's in the show notes so you know where to find us.
0: Don't forget to tell us what you think about facial hair. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you guys next time.
2: Bye, guys.
0: But seriously guys. Seriously guys? But seriously guys. How, how are we, we not, not invited? invited?